Thanks for joining us for our Candlelight Christmas Eve service. Tonight we pause to remember the simple Christmas story as told in Luke 2. We pray that you will be amazed at God's great love for us. Thanks for joining us. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas Eve to you. It is good to gather. There's something special about slowing down, remembering, and gathering on Christmas Eve. I look forward to it every year. I love watching and listening to kids at Christmas. I loved the video that opened our services. A preschool class was asked some questions about the Christmas story, and here's what they had to say. The first question is, what did they feed baby Jesus? First answer, baby food, hay, lettuce, milk, and lifesavers. Sounds like a good diet. Second question, what did the wise men bring Jesus? One, a pot of gold, baby food. There must have been a lot of baby food around there. Gold and money, a banana, Legos. It's a pretty good gift there. A pony, some Dora toys, and a tiny little motorcycle. Third question, where was Jesus born? The children said, at the farm, at the hospital, in a barn, in hay, in a stable, in a manger. Pretty good, pretty good. And then fourth and final question, what do you think Jesus is doing this Christmas? The kids said, celebrating his birthday, putting up his Christmas tree, <laughs> decorating his Christmas tree. There's a lot of Christmas trees with Jesus. Playing, laying at the farm, some idea of a farm, and he's loving us. Children live with this sense of delight and amazement and a faith that is pure and innocent. Have you noticed how many times a kid can watch the same movie or read the same book and not get tired of it? And the parents are like, can we just move on to a new book? And the kids even think the story might change as they read the same thing over and over. But something happens to us as we grow up. As we get older, we lose our capacity to be amazed. And if we're honest, it takes quite a bit to amaze us and not much actually does amaze us as adults. And that's especially true when it comes to something we are familiar with, like the Christmas story that we've heard hundreds of times. One author named A.W. Tozer, who lived in the early 1900s, wrote this, as adults, we become too logical for mystery, and we end up with a God who can never surprise us, never overwhelm us, and never astonish us. And I've lived there before. I lost my amazement in this Christmas story. And as we prepared for Christmas Eve, I kept coming back to this idea to just keep it simple and talk about the Christmas story that so many of us are familiar with. And I wrestled with this because it's not new and it's not cutting edge. But as our family began reading an Advent devotional this year, the author made this statement. I love this. You can see this quote on the screen. It says, we all suffer from soul amnesia. Like you, I must remind myself each year who Jesus is and why his birth is so miraculous. Not because my mind doesn't know, but because my heart ceases to be amazed. 
That's why we gather on Christmas Eve too, to remind ourselves and so our hearts can be amazed. So tonight, for just a couple of minutes, I wanna look at this familiar Christmas story found in the Gospel of Luke, and I pray that we'll recapture some of the amazement we might have lost. The story was actually sitting on a seat near you tonight when you walked in. Would you mind taking that card and reading this story together out loud? I love hearing the word of God read by God's people. And I want all of us, at least once this Christmas season, to read this story together and be amazed. So a quick note, in verse 2, when we get there, the guy's name is Corinius. And you can impress your family with that tomorrow. So whether you're in the room or joining us online, you can read off of the sheet you have or you can follow along on the screen. But let's read this together. This is the word of the Lord from Luke chapter two. It says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. At the time of Jesus' birth, the Jewish people, including these shepherds, had a belief that God would one day send a unique king. 
And this king would bring God's blessings to the nations of the world. This king would take away all injustice and he would set everything right again. And a word for this king was Messiah. We read that, which means anointed one. And the people believed that this king, this Messiah would be a rescuer, a savior, and a deliverer sent from God. And in the story we just read, we're told that an angel appears to ordinary people, shepherds, some of the lowest people in all of society. And the shepherds were told, do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And I wonder what that moment was like for the shepherds because they were expecting a different kind of king, right? Kings are supposed to be born in palaces, born into riches with servants all around them and rule by the power of the sword. But the angels told the shepherds they would find this king, this Messiah, this savior as a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Listen to what author Max Lucado says about this. This is so good. God announced the birth to shepherds because they didn't know enough to tell God that angels don't sing to sheep and that messiahs aren't found wrapped in rags and sleeping in a feed trough. They just didn't know any better. They believed. And Luke said, the shepherds hurried off to see the child. There's no hesitation in the story. They left their fields, which is something shepherds would never do. They believed. They believed the message they were told, and they embraced this good news with simple, childlike faith. And so the shepherds go, and they find the baby lying in a manger just as they had been told. And we're not told this in the Bible about this conversation, but I have to imagine it happened. Because when you hear someone has a baby, what's one of the first questions you ask them? What's his name? What's his name? And they would have been told that this baby's name was Jesus, which means the Lord saves this baby's name revealed his mission. They were to name him Jesus because he would save people from their sins. And we're told in the gospel of Matthew chapter one that the baby would be named Jesus and he would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this is where, if we can open ourselves to it, the Christmas story becomes amazing. This savior, this rescuer, this Messiah, this king, this baby named Jesus was God himself. God has always wanted a relationship with his prized creation, his people. From the beginning of the Bible to the last pages of the Bible, God longs to be with us. It's why he created us to be with us. But all of us have gone our own way and we've sinned and we've wanted our own desires rather than following Jesus. And that sin separates us from God. And this is amazing. What happened at Christmas, and it's what distinguishes Christianity from every other religion in the world, 
All other religions tell you what you have to do to earn your way up to God. And Christianity says there's no way you can earn it. There's no way to be good enough. You can't earn your way to God. Christianity is about God coming down to us. I appreciate how one author and pastor says this. He says, the simple meaning of Christmas is the creator king of the universe has become a human being. That's the message of Christmas. Everything else is secondary. There was another theologian named Linus Van Pelt, and he said something very similar in 1965. Kids, can you tell me what Christmas show this is from? Charlie Brown. One of my favorite Christmas shows involves a bunch of children and in the midst of trying circumstances to find the perfect tree and put on a terrific Christmas show, a child brings us back to the real meaning of Christmas. Many of you are familiar with the end of a Charlie Brown Christmas. Linus recites the Christmas story like we just read together and he drops his security blanket when he gets to the phrase, fear not, And then after reciting Luke 2, he turns to his friend and he says this. Can you all help me out? Do you remember how it ends? And that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Friends, God wanted to be with us so much that he came himself in the form of a baby named Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And after living 30 sinless years of life, he willingly went to the cross and took the penalty for our sin. He died so that we could be with him. And now, with the barrier of sin and death removed by Jesus on the cross and his resurrection, that door has been opened up for us to be with him now and forever. All that remains is for us to trust in what Jesus has done, and place our faith in him. Each year, when Christmas rolls around, we hear this story, and because of its familiarity, we lose our amazement. And tonight, tonight, let's not lose our amazement that God looks beyond all of our mistakes, all of our mess-ups, all of our addictions, all of our failures, all of our sin, and he still wants to be with us. I want you to know that today your past can be forgiven and your present can find a new purpose. So I don't know where you find yourself or what you think about God this Christmas, but I want you to know that God knows you, he sees you, He loves you. He created you so that you could have a relationship with him. You have incredible value and infinite worth to him. You were worth coming to this earth to be rescued and saved. And you can know his peace in the midst of pain. You can know his joy in the midst of discouragement. You can know his hope in the midst of despair. And you can know his love in the midst of loneliness. Today, everything can change for you with two words. Your life can change today with two words. And they're words that are usually attributed to Santa Claus this time of year. But I'm asking you today to attribute them to Jesus and this amazing story. The two words for you 
are I believe. I believe. Those words can change your life from this point forward. And for those of you who have said, I believe, here are two words for you that can help you not lose the amazement of Christmas. Your two words are thank you. Thank you. In verse 20, we read that when the shepherds left Jesus, they returned to their sheep, glorifying and praising God. They gave thanks and everyone they came into contact with was, what was the word? Amazed. Their thanksgiving caused amazement and something happens when we take our focus off of our circumstances and fix our eyes on Jesus. And I don't say that flippantly. I know this has been a difficult year for many of you, and it can feel like we're just hanging on till Christmas. Can we just get to Christmas and to the new year? And as I listened to Christmas songs this year, I think the line that stood out to me that identified how I'm feeling is in Oh Holy Night. It says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. In the midst of the weariness, we give thanks because gratitude is the antidote to a lack of joy and hope. And this year, I wanna encourage you to spend a few moments giving thanks for God's greatest gift, his son. Two phrases that can renew our amazement this year at Christmas, I believe, and thank you. 16 years ago, God renewed my amazement in Christmas. After attending the Christmas Eve services here, my wife, Sarah, went into labor around midnight and we went into the hospital for the birth of our first son and he was born on Christmas night. And after everything had calmed down and everybody had gone home, Sarah and I sat in a hospital room and we sang a couple Christmas carols to him and I read the Christmas story. And I I looked at Sarah holding this baby and I thought to myself, God, I can't believe you sent your son. I can't believe that you love us that much. And what followed were these words and I, I wrote them down. I still remember them to this day. I said this, looking at that baby, I said, God, I would not do what you did. I wouldn't do it. I would find another way to rescue people, but I would not send my son for people who don't deserve it, including me. I wouldn't do it, but God did. God did, and that amazes me. And I am forever grateful. And my prayer for you this Christmas is that you would be amazed at how much God loves you and the great length God went to to be with you. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God, we're a grateful people gathered to remember and celebrate your great love for us and the length you went to to be with us. God, over the next couple days, help us remember the greatest gift we've ever been given, your son, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Thanks for joining us today. If you would like more information about our church or to get connected, 
please visit cherryhillsfamily.org or find us on Facebook. Thanks for joining us.